Recorded live. I got it. I got it. Hello. Good morning. 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 I'm just going to plug my headphones in. And so I can hear you guys all the more clearly here. Okay. Who's on the call? Just uh, say your name. Brandon. Mark. Jen. Is Soki on yet? Okay, I'm going to... Uh, Send Soki a text message. Have her get on the call real quick. Hold on one second, guys. All right. Let's see here. Soki. Hello. Hello, I'm here. There she is. Okay, there you are. Okay, Silky's here. Silky's back in full effect. <clears throat> All right, beautiful. Well, welcome back, Silky. Uh, we look here forward to hearing about your adventure in the Philippines and Hawaii. But first, why don't we uh, ground in and do a little meditation? So let's get comfortable with her spine erect, her spine straight. Take a few deep breaths in. Really filling our lungs up and out. And one more deep, deep breath. And just hold the breath up at the top of our lungs, all the way up. And hold and squeeze your root block. That's all your sex organs, your anus, all those muscles down there. You squeeze it tight, bring in a little more air, and then release. <sighs> and with our eyes closed, we see, using our imagination, we see in our mind's eye a ball of violet light floating clockwise just below our solar plexus. By the sacrum. And as we place our attention on the slide, it begins to grow and it fills up our lower torso and it flows down our legs into our feet and toes. And we see this violet light flow up our torso, past our shoulders, down our arms, hands, fingers, flowing up through our throat, into our mind, our head. Not our mind, our head. Soaking into our bones, organs. So every cell, atom, and electron of our being is 
one with this violet light. All appearances of disease, disharmony, discomfort dissolve through the power of divine alchemy. Excuse me. And we just breathe in the violet light. And we see our entire physical body soaked and saturated in this violet light, this light, vibrant purple. And it grows three feet above us, three feet below us, three feet to the right and left of us, and three feet in front and behind us, filling our auric field. Any rips or tears in the auric field, instantly repaired. And we invite this violet light, this violet flame to flow through our emotional bodies as well. Waves and waves and waves of this light flow into our emotional bodies and any wounds from the past that may feel opened. This light acts as a cleansing, clearing, healing balm. All wounds are healed. All cords that attach us to the past. And they create the sensation of pulling, of effort, of struggle. All those cords dissolve. We breathe into freedom, the freedom that comes when we release the past and open ourselves to the full potential of the now moment. Yes, and then we send waves of this light into our mental bodies where there's so much density. We allow the light to create space. Space in our mind that we may have the clarity to see clearly, to think clearly, to create consciously. And we allow this light to go to our etheric body, the energetic body, and we allow it to restore it, to rejuvenate it, like we're plugging it in, recharging it. And we open ourselves up to any support in the invisible teachers, guides, ancestors, those that work in the light, those that will support us in aligning with our divine contract. All the 
brilliance and beauty in the universe available now to support us, lift us up so that we can fulfill that contract, execute our divine blueprint effortlessly. We allow this light, this violet light in our mind's eye. We see this light connecting us with every class member right now, creating a sacred circle. And in the center of the circle, we place Zach, who will be listening to this recording tomorrow or the next day. We just allow the light to soak and saturate every aspect of him as well. And we place all of our practitioner friends in the center of the circle. We just see them being charged up and loved through our intention. And then we place the entire Inspire community in the center of the circle. Anyone who has ever attended anything we have ever hosted and anybody who ever will. their faces, and now we place our loved ones in the center of the circle, our friends, family, see them glowing with the violet light. And as the circle continues to expand, we can put those we see on a regular basis, our coworkers, maybe our baristas, maybe our the tellers at the grocery store, people in our exercise classes, people that we karaoke with, people that we see on our way to work. until we just place the entire planet in the center of the circle. We just see the planet, our Mother Earth, soaked and saturated in this violet light. We send waves of the flight to all of the youth. We send this light to anywhere that there seems to be war, Famine, extreme poverty, violence against women, violence against children. And we see the planet beginning to restore itself to her natural state of fertility and beauty, luscious, full, 
clean, clear. We lean into gratitude as we contemplate the generosity of the planet that has hosted us through our evolutionary adventure here. And as an offering, we make a commitment here and now to honor her with respect and consciousness. Being aware of each step we take. And allowing this awareness to be an offering to our planetary goddess who has been so generous. And then we see the light expand far beyond our greatest comprehension till all there is is violet light and we breathe it in And we breathe it out and we allow our full attention to gently rest on our breath. And we stay here with our breath. Breathing in, breathing out. For one minute, I'm going to offer a mantra. And for one minute, you simply allow your attention to gently rest on this phrase. Be still and know I am God. Feeling the violet flame around, we allow our attention to gently rest on, be still and know I am God.
gently bringing your awareness back to your body, wiggling your fingers and toes. We take one more deep breath, and let me invite you to place a hand on your heart. Let's take a deep breath in, the breath of gratitude. So grateful for the opportunity to connect here. Take a moment of stillness. Begin our day creating a platform, a strong foundation for a purpose-filled day, a joy-filled day to unfold. We offer up any blocks that might prevent us from actively participating in this call, actively participating in our lives. As we stand in the truth of who and what we are, extensions of the divine, most pure, most beautiful, most wise, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. All the good that we are experiencing right here, right now. And we share all the healing benefits of our awareness with everyone because we are one with them. In grace and gratitude, we allow it to be. We accept these words. And so it is. Amen. 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 So, mm. so Soki, I'd like to take um, just, you know, no more than five minutes, sweetheart, but I'd love for you to just fill us in on your trip, your little adventure that you had, and so we can check in and stay current with you. Soki just got back from a little adventure in Hawaii and the Philippines, so um, why don't you uh, tell us about your trip? Hello, can you hear me? Yep. Uh, good morning to everybody, and I miss you all. I had a wonderful, magnificent trip way back home. Actually, the Hawaii was a hometown reunion of uh, my townmates, and I'm surprised because I was one of the organizers, and most of the people there were all baby boomers, and one after the other. My dad was your teacher in math. My dad was your teacher in music. Your mom your mom was my teacher in English. So most of them, almost half of the people there were my the students of my parents. And I'm glad to see pieces of my parents in them, or even especially my dad who has passed away in 2006. Because at that time, there was only one teacher and they teach all the subjects from math to science to music to English and all of this. And my, so I am so grateful and I felt so loved because all of, most of the people they are talking about how my 
experience has touched them in their early formative years. So that's Hawaii. And I went back home to the Philippines purposely to for my mom to bond with my mother and my son. Cause, and I'm surprised that my mom handed me a whole plastic bag of handwritten manuscript, her translation of A Return to Love of Marianne Williamson's book from English to the Galog. Um, it's so hard, overwhelming because at her condition at age 83 and a stroke survivor with only one hand, she handed me her manuscript of handwritten notes of her translation, which she wanted me to edit and type and bring to Marianne Williamson and ask her permission to to publish it in Tagalog anyway. So I took it with me and I had a grand time um, taking her to a resort which she felt she's a donia or a rich woman for a day. But actually it was a week that I have bonded with her. And um, it was a mixed emotion because I, I saw the reality of how she's been taken care of by my sister. And of course, we owe it to her, but uh, the level of care is not what it should be. So I, you know how, you know, the scene in the Bible, how Jesus Christ overturned the table because of some emotions. So I just... (laughs) applied what I learned from Jacob Glass. I really was so furious to see the condition of my mother. So I with her room originally in that house I opened the room the, the room you can there is one room at the at the first floor which you cannot open but that's her original room. My parents' original room. So I as I pushed the door to open inside. I can't push it because there's a lot of garbage inside. My sister turned it into a stock room. And my mom, uh, as a stock survivor, she's forced to come up and down the second floor. So in one minute, uh, there was a big typhoon in the Philippines. Uh, the, typh- the flood was uh, in my hometown, was up to the second floor. But luckily, uh, we have another house in another province, which my mom, as a teacher, has bought with the public school teacher's housing, and it's not flooded. So I'm talking about this second family home, which in one hour, because I turned all the tables upside down, it was cleaned. And there came a very beautiful room, green room with very nice tiles, which my sister has has built, my other sister in New York has built for my mom, and I was able to give her a very nice room, the original room that of my mom and dad. So, and I hired a caregiver, but before I, I hired a caregiver, my sister has fired her. So there are some sort of 
challenges on that level of care that I really wanted my mother to to have. But uh, overall, I left. But overall, with with my mom, I was able. But I left home without talking to my sister. But my mother was very happy because I taught her how to Skype. I taught her now she has an, uh, a Facebook account, which is enjoying. And I, yesterday she has 70 friends. And they connected with fellow co-teachers and students. That's great. So and I, and the, the second part is my son. So I bonded also with my son who turned 27 years old. And I just saw the beauty of the Philippines for the first time, which I haven't explored. And it's very good because for the price of one, I was able to, to bring six people. So it's cheap, it's beautiful, and I, 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 I vowed my mother that I will come home to the Philippines to give to, to, for a vacation for her and take her for a vacation every year as long as she's there. And now she's translating. She's now on page 135 of A Course in Miracles. Oh, she's translating it. She said, after she's translate, translated A Course in Miracles in Tagalog, she's ready to die. And I said, no, there are five more books that I'm giving you. <laughs> so that's it. Wow, that's great, Sophie. Well, thank you for sharing so much. Uh, we always have so many opportunities to work through our judgments when uh, we're around family, don't we? <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and Thank it's so you. good to have you uh, hear your voice and have you on the call. And, um, yes, yes, yes. I'm sure we all uh, could. Uh, I'm sure we all agree. I thought we'd just take a minute to uh, to share some gratitude. Uh, maybe go around the circle and have everybody share something they're grateful for this week. Um, it's November and Thanksgiving is our big holiday, so why not start with a good round of gratitude to get things rolling? So, Soki, do you want to go first? Something you're grateful for this week? Yeah, sure. I am so grateful and I to be back and be home again with my inspired spiritual community family. I actually never miss this group because you are in my heart 24-7. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I am here with you right here, right now. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Jennifer? Oh, I'm so grateful for so many things right now. I'm, um, I'm getting ready for to go on my journey and I'm very grateful for all of the support and all of the well wishes that I'm getting. They're just coming from everywhere. So I'm super grateful to have so many people looking out for me. Yes. When do you leave? December 1st. That's exciting. Very cool. Beautiful. Mark? Good morning. Um... I am grateful for really, I think, being um, in a place of um, slowing down, um, of really being more present, um, and 
being supported in that, um, where it's not as challenging or as difficult as I thought it would be. Um, so just really grateful for the, the support to really have awareness and be present and to just really be working on that, that inner stuff. Beautiful. Uh, Martha. Um, grateful for this class, for life, and for family. Here, 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 triple threat. Uh, Brandon. Hi, good morning. I'm in San Diego right now, uh, <clears throat> so I'm grateful to be able to get away and um, experience uh, generosity from people I work with. And it's grateful that uh, I got to have a conversation with Martha on Thursday about our small group. And um, she was more than supportive and uh, looking forward to our future together there. Yes. Yes. Very cool. Um, I'm not missing anyone, am I? think so yeah for sure um you know brandon i just want to give brandon a shout out for uh really stepping up to the plate both brandon and martha in long beach um and uh, we've decided to begin um uh you know just so everybody kind of knows what's going on taking the temperature of the community Mark is uh, heading up a group that um, is going to, sort of the purpose of the group is going to be establishing, uh, pu putting into play a, a survey that will support and uh, the, the expanding container of Inspire. It's going to take the temperature of the community and see what the general consciousness uh, where it lies and where people are interested and where we're interested in growing. And they're going to be using the meta model that Mark Anthony taught us. Um, so they're going to be experimenting with the meta model with that project. It's very exciting. And then in Long Beach, um, we're going to start experimenting with the meta model with the small groups uh, as well. So Brandon and Martha will be doing, and I'm going to uh, when we start Charleston, we're going to start Charleston with that model as well. And this is, you know, all beta testing to see how it goes, and we can learn. We're going to, I'm sure it's going to be chock full of learning opportunities, and we'll find, figure out the group with it all. But yeah, so um, yeah, just uh, just kind of a cool current things happening there. And I just thank everybody who are so willing. You guys are so willing. Because it's been my experience with practitioners across the board, so willing to be of service, and uh, it really is—you know—it will change your life. Service changes your life; it just does. So uh, happy to be on this path with you all, and uh, it's exciting. So <clears throat> we're just going to be reviewing some of the points of uh, subconscious mind. You know what? became clear to me 
because I really still feel like we're still developing the practitioner program. And uh, we're at the place now where we're actually writing the official curriculum for the first module or first quarter. And uh, Brian is helping me do that. And so he's going, we're going through all of the material, the source material, and we're, uh, you know, just writing stuff out and uh, creating worksheets and things like that that will support people in really uh, retaining the information. And based on my experience with Power of Subconscious Mind, this core with you guys, like you guys had such a clear understanding of this stuff, like, as soon as you picked it up, because we discussed it so much in the first module, that going forward, power of the subconscious mind is going to be taught. That it will actually be the first thing that we learn. It will be power of subconscious mind, and uh, it's up to you. It will actually be the first two materials we read in the second half of the first quarter. We go into living the science of mind. Because I feel like it... Uh, this, the original idea for Power of Subconscious Mind was to really bring home the understanding, the comprehension that our thoughts create our experience. And this just sort of gives you the formula as to how that works. You know, conscious mind plus, you know, subconscious mind being the, my favorite analogy is the um, Sailors, the the crew that works in the engine room, and the subconscious and the conscious mind being the captain giving the orders, uh, and then learning about how to place guards at the gate. You know, allow your conscious mind to be the guards at the gate of your subconscious mind, so we can create consciously and we understand how powerful our words are, how impersonal the subconscious mind is, how uh, because. The invitation with all of this across the board is just to purify your thinking, purify your thinking, purify your thinking, <laughs> purify your thoughts and your thinking. And, uh, and, you know, it's a continuous game. And, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to share something. Um, I had, uh, I reached out to somebody uh, and it's the first experience I had with this. I reached out to somebody and invited them to come see Venerable Tahani, and it was my friend who's a Native American and is very um, active in uh, the community, the local Native American community in California, and does a lot of stuff. And uh, they sent me such a off-putting email response to my invitation, pretty much saying that they're suspicious at best of Venerable Dahani, calling herself Cherokee and all this stuff. So right away, like immediately, you know, what do you think arose in me? It was this protective uh, energy of like, don't mess with Venerable Dahani. <laughs> With Grandma, Grandma Honey, <laughs> leave her alone. She's she's a complete good. She's a total good. And um, you know, I've done enough work to observe that and to know that defensiveness is the first act of war. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling defensive, which means that I'm not 
seen something clearly, obviously. So, um, and I was able to look at the message again, and she said, I'm suspicious at best. It's like, oh, okay, well, that just tells me, that's her affirmation right there, is that she's suspicious. She's a suspicious person. I'm sure that she justifies having that um, suspicion or that suspicious approach through the experiences in her life. Uh, and that's fine, and I don't need to understand it. Um, I know the truth of her. I know the truth of Venerable. I know my experiences with Venerable for sure. And um, I don't need to defend or try to prove anything. I can just simply take a step back, and that's what I did. And when I shared the experience with Jennifer, she shared that, you know, Venerable has been, had to go through so much of that stuff, like so much attack, because Venerable, uh, you know, the the greatest crime that many Native American people have felt that Venerable has committed is that she has shared the wisdom. She shared Cherokee wisdom with people who were not in the tribe. And... Um, and that's where she's gotten a lot of, uh, been persecuted a lot. But it's all for her. But Venerable, remember, Venerable is playing a big game. You know, she is holding the container for everyone to awaken. And so part of that awakening is to release the veil of separation in any way. And that's why she shares what she shares with everyone, you know, because she's committed to allowing everyone to awaken. And that's what she's holding this container for, stronger than most than anyone I've ever, ever met. And uh, so it's interesting to uh, hear, like, how the level and depth of insanity, there are a lot of people out there that have tried to, like, bring her down. And it's really interesting that, uh, you know, such... Light. I mean, she is such a light that, uh, of course, there's going to be the pendulum of that which appears to be other than that coming towards her, uh, coming at her. And I just got a little tiny example of that that I was able to just step back for, you know. That was, I think, more for me to support me in healing my belief that I had to defend those I love, you know. Because there's nothing ever to defend, ever, ever, ever. So, um, but it is interesting because it reminded me that, like, you know, we all have our own curriculum and everything, 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 like we talked about in the first quarter, everything that we encounter is for our good. It, everything is designed. Everything we come in front of that comes in front of us in this lifetime is only to support our awakening to our divinity. I believe that with every ounce of my being. Now, if we choose to be conscious about that, if we choose to be responsible enough to be willing to go into inquiry when we are in upset, go to gratitude when we're upset because uh, the upset is the indicator. That's what's teaching us that, oh, you're believing something that isn't true. Oh, here is your opportunity to make a shift and heal 
to align with love. How do I know that? Because you're not in joy. You're not in love. And that's how I know that there needs to be an adjustment. Thank God. So grateful that my stuff is up right now. Because now I have an opportunity to let it go. And uh, what I find, like, in the case of interval, I'm bringing this up is because some of the stuff that this lady has had to go, like, the attack on just her personal self in such a major way, I say, I think, wow, of course it seems so much bigger because she's playing such a big game and she has to be unwavering in her stance. She's holding the container of enlightenment for everyone. And so she has to be so strong in that, in her belief and really ground those roots deep, deep, deep so she can be unwavering and be that strong. And so it's fascinating that it comes in the form of a sweet little lady. That's <laughs> just the sweetest, the sweetest model you've ever seen in your life. But it also shows us again that love is always the great healer. Love is the equalizer. Love will reveal the truth. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. And so the invitation for us all to consider in our life is, you know, when, where are we feeling challenged? Where are we feeling brushed up against? Who is brushing up against you? What personalities feel like they are ruffling you? And are you going to be courageous enough to, um, will you be courageous enough to deepen the roots of knowingness, of love? Take a step back. Say nothing. Release the habit of defensiveness. What if the next time you are questioned, you just don't, you don't defend yourself at all? What would happen? Unless, of course, you know, like your boss is questioning you about why you did something, you know. But, like, obviously, like, instead of defending your beliefs, trying to defend your your perspective, simply take a step back and not engage. So, does anybody have anything they'd like to share, any experiences they can relate to with that? Great. So let's everybody take power of your subconscious mind and turn to page 17. And uh, Jennifer, why don't you walk us through, just read... uh, we're going to take five minutes for this review. So we're going to take put five minutes. On, I'll put five minutes on the clock. And Jennifer, you're just going to facilitate um, a discussion on the first ten ideas worth remembering. Okay. Um, and so open okay. up this group. It's a group conversation. Jennifer's not teaching. She's simply facilitating the conversation. She's on the space. So if you have, I'm going to mute myself out and let you guys discuss. Starting on page 17. Brief summary of ideas worth remembering. Starting at one. Go ahead. Five minutes on the clock. Okay, great. Well, um, 
I'd like to invite everyone to just take a minute to scan over the the list, page 17. I know everybody's pretty much finished with the book. So um, we've got the treasure house within you. Look within for the answers to your heart's desire. The great secret possessed by the great men of all ages was their ability to contact and release the powers of their subconscious mind. You can do the same. And so on. Who's got a favorite out of the ten they want to share with the group? Brandon, which one's your favorite? I, well, obviously, uh, Joseph Murphy does such an amazing job uh, explaining all these, so they've all kind of sunk in to me throughout the course of reading this book. Uh, I'm looking on the nine and ten of love life is according to like this around you. Oh, I do love that one. So number nine, the law of life is a law of belief. A belief is a thought in your mind. Do not believe in things to harm or hurt you. Believe in the power of subconscious mind to heal, inspire, strengthen, and prosper you. According to your belief, it is done unto you. Um, <laughs> it's it's such like uh, uh, like it really has taken a, a lot of discipline, and I especially when we first started doing. Um, this kind of affirmative thinking in the beginning with Ernest Holmes stuff. And the belief part is, uh, it's funny because you can't fake that feeling. You can't fake that belief. And it's like, you can say all you want all day long. So if you really have not accessed that pre-verbal, non-verbal feeling, then you, you're not going to have any movement toward that. So, um, uh, the law of life is the law of belief for me has been so significant because I've uh, everything falls in line with what I'm believing at any moment, and I notice little things. I'm more aware of little things now, and then like um, traffic things, things at work, things with friends. Um, what I'm consistently expecting and believing usually shows up in one form or another. And uh, um, so it's been a really nice practice to um, not try to stop thinking those thoughts, but really just redirecting my mind towards something that feels better. So, I mean, I can't undo, uh, you know, traffic by saying I wish there was no traffic or I believe that there's no traffic. I have to find something that's a little more, um, accessible, like I enjoy this drive. It's an easy flow. I'm, you know, enjoying every single moment of it because I get to experience what's happening in my mind and I have more time to think. So things like that. And I realize that, you know, suddenly I'm where I need to be um, awesome. physically and mentally. Yep. Yeah. I feel like number nine really relates to the Katie, the Byron Katie work too. So there's like, I feel like that one, we've all really gotten some insight on. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, Jesse, back to you. Oh, no, Miss Singh. You still got one minute and 20 seconds left. 
Oh, okay, great. Because I was hoping to ask Martha if she had a favorite one as well. Okay, I'm um, I'm not good with memory. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have the you have the book in front of you. Yeah, but I mean, when when it says when you're talking about the, I mean, is that the different ones that each one had like to to discuss about? Mm, got it. Am I like way off? The the we're looking at the brief summary on page seventeen. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so me, many. The main ones. thing is the whole thing. I mean, I know it's probably not what you guys are asking, but it's just knowing that every answer is within us. Um, that's for me the big. Uh huh. Where I I just take more responsibility for how I'm feeling and what I want in my life and what's going outside. I know. Or answers that I need, I know that that I need to quiet down and um, go within to find it, and I I accept that now. So um, so I think that my results are I'm getting better results um, and improving my life that way. Perfect. Well, I agree with you that it it is all about it all. Um, and I think, like, in looking at these 10 brief summary ideas worth remembering, I mean, they're they're all powerful and they all have a, a place. Um, and I like, I like hearing both of your guys' perspectives. So thank you so much for sharing. Jesse? Beautiful. Great. All right. So let's go to... Uh, page 26, and Mark, once you lead a little five-minute, uh, facilitate a five-minute review of highlights starting on page 26. Okay, guys. Uh, so let's see, what's the title of this chapter? Uh, actually, hold on. What is the title of this chapter? <laughs> this was a big one. All right, how your own mind works. Okay, and then we have 11 different review of highlights. Uh, I'm just going to maybe just touch on a few of these. Uh, so think, think good and good follows. Think evil and evil follows. You are what you think all day long. Um, you have the power to choose. Choose health and happiness. You can choose to be friendly, or you can choose to be unfriendly. Choose to be cooperative, joyous, friendly, lovable, and the whole world will respond. This is the best way to develop a wonderful personality. Uh, Maybe a couple more. Watch what you say. You have to account for every idle word. Never say, I will fail. I will lose my job. I can't pay the rent. Your subconscious cannot take a joke. It brings all these things to pass. I like that one. Um, because I think so much in, in this work, you know, we take things really seriously. And the irony is that uh, the divine spirit, our subconscious, really is probably laughing most of the way through. Um, either they're laughing at us or laughing with us. Um, so I like this one. So why don't we discuss this one? Anyone have any thoughts or Examples of how this shows up for you in your world. 
So why don't we start with Soki? Soki, share share somewhere where um, you've had an experience of where you're not watching what you're saying, and you kind of are affirming something that then becomes becomes your experience. Your affirmation becomes what you actually end up experiencing, and not the affirmation you actually wanted to experience. When I was in 2004, I was very new at my work in Pegasus Home Healthcare, and so the person who 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 helped me get the job was fired, and I told my boss, "Oh, there's so much evil and devil and Satan in the world," and my boss said, "Foki, there is no such thing as that. It's the LOA, Law of Attraction. What your mind conceives happens." If you think of God, there's only God. If you think of goodness, there would only be goodness. So whatever your mind conceives, if you believe in heaven, so it is. So that's the first time I heard of law of attraction coming from my boss, and I learned that uh, her teacher is Abraham Hicks. So ever since mm-hmm. I followed her, and what we are talking about, uh, what you're so, uh, about this, I think it's the law of attraction. Whatever your mind conceives happens. So from then on, in 2004, I applied all these things that I learned from her, and my life improved. My finance have improved. I and the journey has been so financially rewarding and fulfilling. And I got my green card and papers through her, and she has been my great model and um, teacher every day of my life at work. Mm. So, okay, is there um, is there an affirmation that you used to say, like um, an unserving affirmation you used to say that you no longer say or you say differently today? I don't want, uh, actually when I say affirmation, everything I think of should be positive. So mm-hmm. everything, I, I, I watch my, my thoughts, so when I do an affirmation, I turn... Negative thoughts into positive. I I, I I become conscious of what's going on in my mind. And I, for example, with my partner, I said, just flip, flip. So whenever uh, something negative uh, uh, comes, pops up in my mind, I flip and I try to turn it into a positive side. That's why our joke is, okay, how do you positivize this thought? Mm, beautiful. So you're really doing the work there. Great. It should be positive, not negation. Otherwise, you should have called it negation, if that's what I mm. Who else All right. thoughts uh, on this one? Uh, actually, we need to wrap this, this section up. Oh, that, was our, okay. that was our five-minute mark. And, Brandon, I'll give you page 33, 33 to continue the conversation. All right. Um, I'll read some of my favorites to this section um, for ideas worth remembering. Prior to sleep, this is number two. Prior to sleep, turn over specific requests to your subconscious mind. Improve its miracle working power to yourself. Five, all frustration is due to unfulfilled desires. If you dwell on obstacles, delays, and difficulties, your subconscious mind responds accordingly and you're blocking your own good. Then a uh, third one for me. Nine, imagine that happy ending 
or a solution to your problem feel the thrill of accomplishment and what you imagine and feel will be accepted by your subconscious mind and bring it to task. So it looks like this section is um, really focused on how to really let it all sink in. Jennifer, um, wh why is Joseph Murphy emphasizing sleep and right before sleep so frequently in his text, specifically this chapter? Well, they say that uh, when, right before we go to sleep and sort of right when we wake up, our minds are the most open to hear the messages, to receive the messages, to uh, not fight against what we're hearing. Um, mm -hmm. And I've also used this with like trying to remember song lyrics. If I listen mm -hmm. to the song lyrics right before I go to sleep, I tend to remember them better when I wake up. So it definitely has worked in a practical instance for me. I have not really explored using my affirmations before bed, but I can see how it could work. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love that they talk about how your resistance is so little right before you go to bed and right, right when you wake up and there's like those moments in between where the fear doesn't get in as easily and the resentments don't get in as easily and you're ready to just drift and let life take hold. Um, Mark, how you doing? Um, have you practiced imagining and happy ending or solution to a problem lately? If so, would you mind telling us about it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me let me think of something here. Um, you know, I uh, with the um, for lack of a better term, impending holidays coming up. Uh, I am starting to prepare for my trip home. Um, I've not seen my my parents um, in about nine months, eh, maybe about eight months. And uh, it was interesting. Last time I was home, I really um, had a lot of challenges come up for me. Um, it was probably the first time in many years that I really couldn't wait to get back to LA. Um, that I, I, there's just a lot of stuff coming up in, in their relationship, um, particularly with my mother. Um, and, you know, I, when I got back, I was just like, oh my God, thank God it's a while before I have to go back. And now that I'm kind of upon a return trip, um, I'm noticing this anxiety is starting to come up for me of like, oh my God, I don't want this to be like it was last time I was home and um, just really kind of having that stuff come up for me. Um, and I've really been trying to, I shouldn't say trying, um, I've, I've been with the emotions of that and the experience of that and um, really doing the work to um, to acknowledge that that was a point in time. That was an experience I had. Um, it was an unusual experience because I haven't had that experience in many years. Um, and really just being aware that the only way that I'll have that experience again is if I recreate it. Um, that I affirm that my experience last time has to be my experience this time. Um, um, so I've really been doing the work to kind of be present and in the moment and to kind of start with an, it, uh, an open field 
to just really keep mm-hmm. myself clear and clean and really set the intention that my experience will will be um, a positive and enjoyable experience as I have experienced many times before. Um, so just kind of resetting myself back and holding the space for that intention. Perfect. Yeah, I remember, beautiful, oh, beautiful work. Oh, go ahead, Brandon, finish up your thought, and then we're going to, um, after that, we'll probably take a little uh, break, but go ahead. I was, work too, I was right? just going to say, I was just going to say, it's, it's funny how, for me personally, too, I feel like I need to, and this is kind of Byron Katie stuff, too, I need to carry the story from, with, like, with me from the past, because I feel like that is what makes me up, but um, Joseph Murphy was talking about how even our cells turn over so frequently that we are new bodies. And only the memory of what we thought we were could have, or should have been or how an experience should affect us, only that memory has the power to bring it forth into our current experience. So mm. always looking at it with a renewed lens and being spiritually renewed has, um, I mean, that's forgiveness for me. That's like I'm going to look at this experience, you know, with my boss or with my parents or with anyone um, you know, holding a new vision with them if I'm really consistent and disciplined enough and wanting a new experience. Love it. Wow. Great work, Brandon. Great work, everybody. Really beautiful Thank you. stuff. Really walk coming up to the plate. Um, so we're going to continue this through the entire uh, book uh, of the sections that we've read with Subconscious Mind. So next week, Martha, you'll facilitate, and Sophie, you'll facilitate. But I'd like to uh, shift the focus on to the Byron Katie work. So it's 9.33. Let's take a five-minute break. Uh, I'll see you back here at 9.38. Please leave your phones on. Just turn them on mute. And uh, we'll pick up when we get back.
Hey there, everybody. Sorry, I got uh, disconnected. Okay. So, um, before we go into the Byron Katie work, I'd like to pose a question and um, see what you all think. The question is, and we'll talk, discuss it for five minutes, and then we'll go into the Byron Katie work. Do you believe that God will test you? Do you believe that God will test you? And um, let's hear it. Um, this is Jen. I don't believe that God tests. Us. I believe that I believe in karma and reincarnation, and I believe that every moment we are creating causes and effects, and that we will have to face, you know, some of them in this life uh, from this life, some in this life from past lives, and those are the things that I think a lot of people call tests. But in fact, it is just the karmic wheel turning and. It's how we deal with our karma, whether to determine whether we break the cycle or whether we continue to add new karma. That's my take. Hey, it's Brandon. Go ahead, Brandon. It's funny. I was literally last night, this was the last thing I said to uh, my friend who I was here, I'm here in San Diego with, and I was like, I... I can't imagine that God is, you know, some seventh grade teacher throwing pop quizzes at me. It's because the way I view my life and God's will for me is all about happiness. So if it's like, no, baby doll, you have to go through this trial in order to get to this place where you have to suffer like this in order to get to here, then, you know, this just makes it look like, you know, boot camp for me, this life. And this life is less of a classroom for me and more of a playground. But learning how to play consistently is what it's all about for me. Martha, I believe you were going to share something. No, it was Silky, I think. Oh, Silky? Okay. Um knowing and remembering my truth that I am perfect, whole, and complete, there's nothing to prove, there's nothing to test. And God is not testing. Whatever happens in my life, it's a choice and it's part of my soul's evolution forever and ever expanding. Yeah. (laughs) Has anyone ever felt tested <laughs> you're talking to me I'm talking to everybody okay so uh, uh, no there's no test there's nothing to prove there's nothing to to test nothing to gain we are all at the perfect uh, right time <sighs> right place and we're evolving so that's my yeah I felt 
Go ahead. I felt tested. Uh, I felt tested last night when I lost my Wi-Fi for four hours. <laughs> and what were you being tested on? What do you think the test was there? Um, because I was like crazy, like crazy, trying to get Wi-Fi to like feed my addiction to media and. The idea of like going the whole night not according to the plan that I had um, was like going was causing me some difficulty, and um, yeah, and just coming to a place where I was like accepting of the fact that the plan I had was not going to happen, and that um, I had this whole evening to reconstruct. Uh, I felt, you know, like I, I, I mean, I mean, the experience of it was like feeling tested. Although I didn't like think that oh this is the universe testing me, but it felt like a test just to be able to stay peaceful and stay in my in my positive place. Yes. Yeah, and you know I think Jennifer, the story you just shared is a great can be easily applied to the Byron Katie teachings of were you um, were you at odds with did were you fighting with what is. Yes, I should have had Wi-Fi, and I didn't. Exactly, exactly. And did you have Wi-Fi? I did not have any Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. And so when we, come up, when we uh, push against what is, we uh, create upset. Um. So it's a perfect little example of, you know, eventually, because she is learning to pay attention, she accepted it and created different plans, correct? Yes, um, although (laughs) I did go back and check for the Wi-Fi incessantly, like every half an hour, and I spent about two hours trying to steal Wi-Fi from my neighbor's you know, before I came to that. But, yes, I eventually just read a book. So what was your biggest takeaway from it? Like after investing your time in that, what was your biggest takeaway? I mean, I just kept hearing myself repeat the mantra, you know, crazy is the definition of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, just like trying these networks and passwords and just, yeah, going a little bit crazy trying to make something happen that was just not designed to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't, I let go of the belief in being tested. I think that we are always supported. I think that we are always, always, always supported. I believe that every prayer is answered. And so if we uh, make a prayer, if we, take a stand. Like this week, I like I posted in um, the group, I took a vow for 40 days to only speak to the loving qualities of other people. And it's been very insightful. And um, I mean, it's been very, very, very insightful. Um, and, <laughs> and I've had a lot less to say. And I realized how many times I connect with people through a complaint about somebody else or a, or a perspective. And even if it's like someone we love, 
if they're engaging in a behavior that we know is like a little off the mark or we feel is off the mark, we connect with that. So I've been, it's been a real wake-up call to me. Um, and I'm only on, I think I'm only on day, let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm on day five. So 35 more days of pausing and saying a lot less. But what I feel, though, is it's as if, my gift from the universe is that people be acting crazy, you know, and so it's 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 like I have more opportunity to point out the insanity in other people's behavior, and an old perspective I would have had is like, oh my God, I'm being tested, <laughs> I'm being so tested, but really now I see, oh, it's just my. Uh, it's being amplified, like that the behavior of another is being amplified because I'm making a commitment and the universe is supporting me in my healing. My prayer is being answered. My commitment, my uh, desire, the true desire of my heart is to see the love, see the innocence in everyone, no matter what, to strengthen my ability to practice unconditional love. That is the true desire of my heart and the universe is so supporting me in becoming masterful in that. And I feel like that goes back to the story we talked, we referenced about Venerable, about how her container that she's holding is so large, her commitment to love is so big that if people were to look at the story of her life, they would have said, man, she gets tested all the time, but I think that she is being trained, you know. She is, I like that, uh, I think uh, Brandon made the reference of being an adventurer, you know, that this is an adventure and around every corner is an opportunity to strengthen our abilities within the, on the journey. So, um, and also when it, we say we're being tested, it creates, again, a separation from a God up there giving us, you know, like, you know, giving us our life's mission or testing us or punishing us or rewarding us. And that is a really deeply rooted archetype. So we have that Santa Claus archetype we talk about all the time. So in releasing that and understanding that God is the creative essence of all things, it's all there is, and it's life-giving, it's moving forward. And of course, we're always being supported. And we'll talk about karma more next year. (laughs) But I believe that we definitely have, you know, karmic contracts with people that are here to support us in doing that too. You know, our soul groups that are just here and supporting us in, you know, remembering who we are. People that love us so much that they would show up as our, who would appear to be enemies or something like that. So we can heal that perspective. Powerful. Okay, kids, so let us take out our Judge Your Neighbor worksheet, and let's take um, two minutes uh, to fill out number one and number two on a clean Judge Your Neighbor worksheet, so a fresh Judge Your Neighbor worksheet. So the opportunity here, guys, again, is to put down your belief of what super spiritual approach would be and to just allow yourself the opportunity 
even if your relationship with someone that you're working through is 99% totally healed, we get to talk that 1% that still lingers in resentment because it's in going here and being really honest and open and uh, that we get to find freedom. So um, go ahead. Let's take, uh, we'll take two minutes. And we'll take, yeah, two minutes to be fine. Uh, it's 9.51 now. So I'll set the timer for two minutes. And uh, fill out the first two, number one, number two, on the Judge Neighbor Worksheet. And then we'll come back and we'll do some coaching. If we can, what we can learn. Have at it.
Okay. Gave you three minutes. So, who would like to go? Martha. Martha. That a girl. Okay, okay, so let's just start from the beginning. And everybody, I'm going to invite everybody to, um, while Martha's doing this, is to turn to page, let's see, 25 is there one, 18. Okay, let's see. Let's do uh, page uh, 18. Okay, so page 18, uh, read along, okay? And that's going to help you sort of look at the questions that we'll be asking as Martha shares her worksheet, okay? So, Martha, let's start with number one on your worksheet. I am angry or upset with Dad because he pees outside the toilet. I am angry with Dad because he pees outside the toilet. Okay, I put sometimes. Sometimes he pees outside. Because he occasionally pees outside the toilet. Okay. Um, Okay, so I am uh, angry with Dad because he occasionally pees outside the toilet. So the number one, the first question is, is it true? And it's a simple yes or no question. Is it true? I am angry with dad because he sometimes be outside the toilet. Is it true? Yes. All right. Can you absolutely know that it's true? Yes. (laughs) Great. Because we're not here to make it, we're not here to make you wrong. We're not here to manipulate your experience. And so if you're in the strong, yes, great. So we get to, but we get to explore a little further. So how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? I feel frustrated and upset and angry. Mm -hmm. Yes, and... Uh, why? Let's let's explore that. Why do you feel that way? Um, because I feel he's being inconsiderate with my mother and myself, um, mm-hmm. be expecting us to clean after him. Mm-hmm. And it's tiresome. Great. Okay. So, who would you be without the thought? Who would you be without the thought? My father should pee inside the toilet. Or he shouldn't pee outside the toilet. Who would you be? Happy Martha. Yeah, happy Martha, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go back to number one. And I'm going to coach you through another possibility to this. Say mm-hmm. I am uh, I am upset with dad because he is inconsiderate of my feelings. Okay. Okay? Uh-huh. So let's start there. So say so that uh, that whole phrase. I am upset with my dad for being inconsiderate. All right. Is it true? 
Yes. Can you absolutely know that it's true? That he's inconsiderate? Can you mm-hmm. absolutely know that it's true, that he's inconsiderate, that he's not considering you when he's peeing outside the toilet? Damn. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay, great. So let's do a turnaround. Um, uh, what's the turnaround to? I am upset with dad because he's inconsiderate. I'm upset with myself for being inconsiderate. Great. So can you give me three examples of how you're in you're inconsiderate with your father or how you're being inconsiderate? Yeah, I don't think you Pretty much I don't take him into account in my decisions or tell him pretty much anything of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Great. I, yeah. And what I else? I disregard him. I disregard him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, have you ever acted out? so that you could get attention from someone who you don't feel is paying attention to you or regarding you or considering you? Say that again? Have you ever acted out in any way to get the attention of someone who you feel is ignoring you in some way? Well, I think I've always, I think, yeah. I think my response to when I feel ignored is just pretty much disregard the person altogether. Like just, like, mm. and like all you, So you're feeling, um, and you've just, you just shared that you disregard your dad. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel sometimes ignored by your dad then? Well, I think that might fall into the whole king thing as well because I feel that he doesn't regard us or takes us into account, which is one of the We're not talking about him right now. We're not talking about him right now. We're we're talking about (laughs) you. It's all about me? Do you feel disregarded by your dad? You said that you feel that when you feel ignored or unseen, you disregard and I, yeah. so the question is, do uh-huh. you feel disregarded by from your dad? Hmm. I get a yes and a no. Can I have both? Nope. I feel disregarded by that. You feel what? Well, because I'm thinking sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It's not always, you know, I mean, is it always one way or another? I mean, or can it be depending on 
the situation or on the day. Because so there's days mm-hmm. where I do feel that way, but there's other times that I don't. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to the work. So the first question is, I'm angry with my dad for being inconsiderate. What's another okay. turnaround we can go with that? So you first use, I'm angry with myself for being inconsiderate. Great. What's another turnaround we can do? What's another way to do a turnaround with, I'm angry with my dad? What's the simple opposite to, I'm angry with my dad for being inconsiderate? Another turnaround? Yep. Well, another turnaround would be that he's not inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. So what are three ways? Can you give me three example, examples of how your father is not inconsiderate? Okay. One is um, he agreed to sell the house in Mexico so he could immigrate to the United States. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could just think of two. <laughs> the oh, well, what's, what's another one? That he learned to drive. Um, so he can move around because we came from a very small town in which pretty much, you know, gravel streets and the cows have the right-of-way kind of deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he didn't know how to drive, so he learned, you know. At so he could take you places? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's one things. more? I bet you could find one more example of how your father is considerate. Well, I guess he gives me the space to be angry. Beautiful. That's very generous. A lot of people don't do that. That's beautiful, Martha. So you have, so what you've been able to do is show, oh, I'm not angry at my father for being inconsiderate. So there's one more turnaround I'm looking for here. Going back to, I'm angry at my father for being inconsiderate. I am angry at myself. We already did that one. (laughs) Another turnaround? Yeah, what's the angry, what's What's an opposite I'm not for? angry at myself or at my dad? I'm not angry at... Who's the original guy? Who's the original one? Myself? No, no. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> I'm not angry at... My dad. Mm-hmm. For being... Inconsiderate? Right, Okay. So you're not angry at your dad for being inconsiderate. Okay. So 
what I'm sensing here, and I don't want to put any words into your mouth, and it's not my place, and it's not my place okay. to ma- manipulate your experience. <laughs> I'm not interested. But, and I'm just sharing this with the group, because were we in a counseling session, Martha, I would say what, what I'm seeing here, what I'm feeling here is that there's something under the layer of um, I'm angry at my dad for being inconsiderate, for peeing over, or, you know, for peeing outside the thing. He's being inconsiderate. And that's why I'm angry at him. But we're never angry for the reasons we think we are, okay? And so if I'm not angry for my dad for being inconsiderate, what are three examples? Let's find three ways you're not angry at your dad for being inconsiderate. Say it again. I am so blocked right now. Yeah, honey, you know what? You're doing so great. You are doing so great. You're playing a big game here, Martha. Whenever we bring onto the plate, you know, the big archetypes that have had a lot of influence in our, um, the evolution of our personality and of our life story, you know, it's always a big, big meal. And you went there. And so I really bow to it. I really bow to your willingness to play. So what I think could be interesting, I mean, if you wanted to keep it, if we wanted to just start with uh, neutralizing peeing outside of the toilet seat, we could go with what? We could start from the very first thing that we studied with Byron Katie, and that is the arguing with what is. So, your father shouldn't pee outside the toilet seat. Is it true? No. How do you know it's not true? Because it keeps happening. Exactly. So how do you feel what comes up for you when you have the belief my father shouldn't outside the toilet seat. Upset. Exactly. And who would you be without the thought my father shouldn't pee outside the toilet seat? Peaceful. Yeah. Exactly. So there you go. There's your simple thing. is When we argue with reality we create upset in our lives. You are arguing with reality. Now, here's my other question. Is he a guest in your house? (laughs) Oh, that's not even nice. No. No, okay. Is this his house? Yes. Are you a guest in his house? (laughs) Yes. So not only are we argue, are we arguing with what is about his toilet habits, we're arguing with how he chooses to live inside his own home. <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's not that simple. Not not necessarily. Well, yeah. Well, it's actually, it also I, I would my mother. I would chat. Well, okay, great. Um, Martha is. Uh, her mother's protector. Is that true? 
Am I hurt? No. No, you're not. Okay, okay I'm in their business. <laughs> you are. Yes. Exactly. Well, let's play that game. Whose business is it that your father does not pee in the toilet seat? His. Who's, yeah, that's that's his business. Whose business is it that your mother has to has to deal with it? Hers. Exactly. Whose business is it with how Martha responds to this? Mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Byron shared this wonderful story in one of her books. And it was about how she um, hated her big pet peeve with socks left on the floor. And she told her family, her kids, time and time and time and time again, pick up your socks. Just pick up the socks. And no one would listen to her. Socks were always left out. And she created a story that her kids didn't respect her, that she was unseen, that everyone was a big slob, that no one um, loved her because they wouldn't pick up the socks. And then she had this realization that, well, they don't have a problem living in a place with socks on the floor. I enjoy having socks off the floor. And so after that point, she started to pick up the socks. And she was in so much joy. She felt so content and so happy having her house clean without the socks that her family eventually took note of it. And they started picking up their socks because they saw how happy it made their mom when the socks weren't there. They weren't, you know, she wasn't attacking them for doing something the way that she wanted it done. She was just enjoying herself. And she got to see they love her so much that they like to see her happy. So they supported her in that. So if you love a clean bathroom, then that is your responsibility to provide that for yourself. Okay. In your face, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are making, you have made a commitment to be peaceful. And I know that you've also made a commitment to forgive your father. And so these are ways that we are being supported that, you know, the universe is supporting you in doing this. Now, we don't have to get deep into the healing relationship with your father. I feel like we were going in that direction. Maybe today's not the day to have that conversation in group yet. But we can use this simple example, this great example that you brought to the table of how you're making that, uh, how old is your dad? 84. 84? You're making, you're making the story that an 84-year-old man who doesn't have the best thing in the bathroom is, uh, you know, a, a reason for how he disregards you and disrespects you. When that is your story, that's what you're creating about it. Right? Yeah. Because what's happening is he's not peeing in the toilet. What you're creating is a story about how he disrespects you and your mother and how you have to go, you have to be the defender of all women in the house. (laughs) Right? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Aren't you grateful? (laughs) 
that we get to support each other through this kind of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I can laugh about it, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, because the alternative would be what? Stewing in self-pity. Stewing in resentment. Mm-hmm. There's no power in that. The power comes from the peace. Okay. So who who would like to share some of their, and I'm going to ask that nobody coach Martha. Martha has enrolled me as her coach today. Nobody else is here to coach Martha. But I am going to open up the group for people to share uh, what they saw or any insights that they had just listening to the coaching. Any ahas or, oh, that's an interesting thing, especially about the work, because this is, we're listening to it, we're, we're observing the coaching so that we can learn to do it ourselves. This will be sort of part of the approach to your uh, spiritual counseling session. So who has anything they'd like to share about the experience that we just had with Martha doing the work? This is Mark. So um, I found myself... Um, smiling and almost kind of giggling on the inside as, as being a coach. And I do this every day um, with having these kind of explorations around things that are really emotional and sometimes hard to see a perspective other than the one that we're seeing. Um, and I'm kind of giggling because I, I was like, I, I know the challenge that it can be sometimes as, as a counselor or a coach is, is, there's something there that we're, we're looking to open up. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, you know, we ask questions and the questions don't land or it kind of gets stuck or it maybe goes in a different direction um, that maybe wasn't in the direction that we were envisioning. Um, and I think it's, it's such good work and good experience and such a reality. And I think it's important for any practitioner to to really kind of be with that, you know, that, you know, our, of course our intention is and our hope is that, you know, our, our clients are going to have a really clear big breakthroughs um, when we're doing the work with them. But in reality, often we may even leave an entire session and feeling like, oof, I don't know if there was really a big shift or there was really a big breakthrough here and being okay with that. Because at the end of the day, it's not our responsibility to make sure that the the client we're working with has the breakthrough. All we're doing is we're facilitating a conversation, an inquiry, and what's meant to come of that will come of that. And often the breakthrough and the aha will come after the session, you know, once the client has the opportunity to think about it more in in different ways at different times. Um, So... uh, so I, I was appreciating that, and I was appreciating both sides of that conversation as a, as a client myself, and I have my own coach. Um, I know there are times that my, my coach is inviting me to look at something in a certain way, and I just can't get out of my own head. I, I, just, I just cannot see it any other way than the way I'm seeing it. Um, or I'm trying to see it in another way, but it's, 
it's just not emotionally really resonating for me yet. Um, so I, I really get both sides of that conversation of, of sometimes the challenge of being the counselor or the coach and also the challenge of being the client and, you know, kind of wanting to see things differently, but also being challenged to see things differently. So, um, so again, I, I just, I, I really appreciated that, that interaction and, and the experience of it. Yeah, really, really good insight, Mark. Really, really good insight. And, you know, when we are counseling, when we are doing that, it's, we are just holding the space. We're holding the space for our healing to, for the healing that will best support our client to unfold. And so uh, what Mark was sharing is, you know, obviously <laughs> our ego as a counselor, we want, the, we want to have, you know, usher in, a, you know, be the channel uh, in which a huge, you know, shift and transformation unfolds and the heavens open and the angels sing. But we never know what lands. We never know what seeds get planted. Um, and also, we're not doing the healing work. You know, we're not doing the healing work. We don't know what's best for the client. Uh, we know the truth of the client, but we don't know what the best approach is going to be or the method or whatever. And so, again, our job is not to get into the story, not to manipulate the healing, but to just actively listen, ask the questions that are that feel organic to ask and hold the space for the client to recognize it themselves. The biggest temptation, for me at least, which is a big fat no-no for the most part, is to give the client the answer that you're looking for, is to give them the insight. Even if you have to wait on one question for half an hour or the entire session, that's fine. We don't give them the insight. The client's responsibility is to find it themselves. And that can, trust, that can be frustrating for the, the counselor and the client. But it is not, like there have been so many times with Jennifer when I would say, just tell me what it is that you think I need to know right now. And she just wanted to do it. But inevitably, I would always get the um. I would have the aha moment myself. And then it was my aha moment. And the healing was so much deeper. And so, uh, yeah, really, 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 really great. And the other end of it as being the client, too, because you're both, everyone in this group will be both, uh, is that we have to be really gentle with ourselves and be like, all right, huh? you know, I guess I, uh, you know, I, I guess that there's something there I don't know what it is, but I don't need to understand what it is today, and that's okay. You know, perfect, beautiful, great. Martha, great. Mark, who else would like to share? Um, <clears throat> I like how Jesse uh, was able, you were able to take what Martha's initial what she initially wrote and and help shift that to just just a little bit into more of the area where you could really get deep into the work and and just wanted to be appreciative of Martha for 
going there with you and letting us all be the benefit and, and have the experience of, of sharing that with her. Thank you so much. Yeah. Anyone else? Me. It's Martha. Just thanks, <laughs> Jesse. Because I had just said, you know, how all of the answers are within and that we need to go in to get the answer. But I really wanted you to say it for me. You know, I wanted you to give it to me like you said. So um, just thank you for again and for giving me the space to just confirm that, that sometimes it's like it, we tend to want to look for the answer outside of us when it is inside and we have it within us to, you know, with some assistance, <laughs> easier to bring it out and be more clear on things. So thanks. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? All right. Well, I'd also like to just, Martha, point out, and uh, I share this just because a couple people have <laughs> emailed me just to say how um, grateful they are for your participation in the practitioner um, in the practitioner program. They uh, really have. Uh, watched your willingness to go, you know, to get uncomfortable, to go there. And um, and you just continue to go deeper and deeper and your wings are spreading faster and faster. And it's been so great. Just It's just a testament to me of the power and willingness, the power and willingness. And just really bow to your courageous approach to the program, to this work and everything that you do to your own transformation. And just know that... Uh, important for everybody, you know, we were just studying in the other group, but with the Course in Miracles and Teachers of God, that the teaching is rarely done with words. It's all demonstration. And Martha, you're really teaching people how powerful and effective this work can be. So thank you for being such a wonderful example for people to um, play with. And um, I thought that we can each uh, take a minute and share a note of gratitude about somebody else in class. So um, this all just points ahead in our heart. Take a deep breath in, close our eyes, and um, we'll go around the circle. And uh, Brandon, why don't you start with a note of gratitude about somebody else in class and share a, a word of gratitude. Brandon, are you on mute? Oh, sorry, I didn't hear my name. Um, 
I always notice in almost every class that Jennifer is always willing to uh, not come across as perfect by um, being an example for us to work through things. Um, I want to honor what she was talking about when she was like, yeah, I felt like I had to learn a lesson last night because as much as we know about the truth about ourselves, we get caught up in uh, a three-dimensional world in which things don't go as planned and we start to have all these expectations and things aren't always as perfect when we, and we make mistakes that, um, and so uh, her vulnerability to not come across <laughs> as perfect and in like whatever is, um, you know, gives permission for me personally to look at, you know, wh- what am I really healed about and what am I still trying to work through and um, is vulnerability possible for me in order to keep growing? So thanks, Jennifer. Beautiful. Uh, Jennifer, why don't you take the, the baton? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I've attended a few Inspire Things, uh, the Mark Anthony retreat, which was really awesome, and have been kind of trying to find some ways to get involved, more involved. And Mark appears to do a lot for Inspire, and so it really impresses me that um, he can fulfill his commitment to the practitioner's course and do so much more um, while maintaining his whole other life that exists outside of this world. So I'm super impressed by Mark and just appreciate him coming to class and uh, participating fully because I have a hard enough time just, you know, fulfilling my participation here without a lot of other stuff going on and uh, really appreciate everything that he's doing for the community on the whole. Beautiful. Mark? Thanks, Jennifer. I I receive your acknowledgement. Um, I I was going to acknowledge you, um, and I will keep uh, I'll keep the flow going, flowing towards everyone. Um, uh, in particular, Soki, uh, I really uh, I just want to acknowledge her. I'm grateful for her her energy, her spirit, her insight. Um, just really uh, always astounds me. Um, I'm not always 100% clear or sure uh, where she's going sometimes when she's talking, but she always lands it. And always, it, it always, I always come off of whatever she was sharing with like, a, oh, wow, she totally gets it. Um, and that inspires me. So thank you, Soki, for being divine, Soki, and beautiful you. And it's just such a privilege to experience you in this group and in this community. Toki, would you like to go? Uh, thank you, Mark, for uh, such loving and kind words. I would like to appreciate, uh, I appreciate Martha, and we did some GODS via Facebook, even if I'm away while I'm in Manila. And it was so heart overwhelming 
for me that still we could do GODS and uh, keeping on board and um, uh, there's no distance that um, uh, that keeps us away from each other despite of uh, miles apart. So Marta, I really, really love you and appreciate who you are. And thank you for being my teacher in this journey and all other uh, fellow practitioners. I I love you all very much. <laughs> Beautiful. And Martha. Thank you, Sophie. Love you too. <laughs> and um, gratitude for Brandon, <laughs> uh, my partner in Long Beach, and just for being who he is and being able to share his talents because he has a beautiful way of us saying he has the gift of the word, I think. And so he's an inspiration to me, and so thank you. Well, he certainly does have the gift of the word. Many of us do. And so I have to go uh, hop into the other practitioner group. So let's just take collectively one more deep breath of gratitude. Oh, so grateful, so thankful to have such a power-filled, supercharged, wonderful uh, tribe to uh, walk this path with. I love you all so much, knowing that you're going to just be uplifting anyone who comes in contact with you because your light is shining so brightly. We go forward with open hearts and minds, sharing the love, sharing the light, and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Um, I uh, I'll, I'll email you. I'll, you have an email by Monday with your homework for the week, some reading homework, and uh, we're just going to be again one more week of reviewing uh, power of subconscious mind, and then we're going to go into the Adrian Gaines material, and we'll uh, keep going with Byron Katie. You'll have Byron Katie video to review this week and post and share about it in the Facebook group. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.